Hey, it's time to crank up the truth. I'm Val Selby, and over the decades of working online, I've learned a most important lesson. Mindset owns your business. If procrastination, imposter syndrome, and a lack of focus have been blocking your biz, then I'm here with Val Full Volume, ready to help you see choices that you're making. Get ready to own your personality and use your expertise to create the business of your dreams. Now is the time to make changes and live your best life. So let's get to it. Hey, everyone. I am so happy that you are here again today. And as you've noticed, I've been bringing in more guests and same for today. I love bringing in experts and new ideas and other ideas because I'm going to admit I don't know everything about everything. And I love getting the tips as well from these experts. So today I have Kendra Swalls here and we are going to go into a marketing conversation. She owns Girls Means Business. And thank you for being here, Kendra. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here. I am happy to have you and have this conversation because I mean, there's never a time when I don't need more tips. (laughs) (laughs) Give me all the tips. I love it. (laughs) Right. Let me pick and choose. (laughs) So Kendra, if you could just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, please. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm a former elementary school teacher. That was my original plan in life. Never thought I'd be an entrepreneur ever. It was not something I was even like on my radar. And then when I, back in 2012, I was teaching full-time, getting my master's degree because I didn't really, I was feeling very unsettled in my career. I didn't really know what it was that I was looking for or what direction I really wanted to go. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go get my master's. I'm going to kind of maybe move out of the classroom and into more of a leadership role. So I was doing that. I was pregnant with my first daughter and my husband and I were on the process of like trying to decide if we wanted to move. There's a lot of things happening. And I decided to like throw one more thing in. I was like, I'm going to start a photography business. (laughs) I can, I mean, I can remember the dinner, the conversation we were out to dinner. And I told my husband, I was like, I think I want to try this. And he was like, Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't think he really took me seriously, but then like, he was the one who'd bought me the camera the year before. And I'd kind of been dabbling in it. I've always loved photography. It's been something, it's just kind of like a creative outlet. So I started my photography business over the next five years, had my daughter, we moved, I changed career positions a couple of times, had my second daughter. And then in that same time, I was slowly growing my business. And what I found that I really, really loved about my photography business was, I guess the mathematical side of it, which sounds really nerdy and I'm not typically that person, but I loved like figuring out the puzzle pieces of, okay, if I market myself this way, what result do I get? Mm-hmm. Or if I try this strategy, what result do I get? That was super exciting to me. And so I really fell in love with branding and marketing and social media and all the things. So in 2017, when I left my teaching career to run my business full time, I had a ton of other photographers out of this community that I was a part of and that I kind of had created. And they all came to me asking questions. I started sort of doing one-off coaching sessions and little workshops, or I would put blog posts out, even though I realized I hated blogging. And I was repeating the same things over and over again. And so I was, someone told me one time, they're like, you should start a podcast because I can talk 
to a wall for days, <laughs> right? <laughs> which is most of us who podcast, yep. we just talk to walls. Um, it saves so, our family sanity. <laughs> exactly. So in 2019, I kind of combined my love of business and marketing with my natural teaching ability. And I started the Girl Means Business brand and the podcast. And it's just kind of grown from there. And it's like the perfect marriage of the two strengths I feel like I have. I mean, hopefully I have other ones besides those, but those are the two main ones, you know, and it's been this really kind of roller coaster journey. That's been really fun and exciting. And I get to help other female business owners find their passions and create freedom, financial time, freedom, all the things so that they can enjoy life as much as I get to. And like you said, combining your favorite things, because I mean, you're still a teacher. Yeah, just in a completely different capacity. But right. Yes. <laughs> just in something that, I mean, we couldn't even understand back then yeah. <laughs> of, yeah. of how we would be doing any of this. Yeah. That's amazing. And I'm looking at your bio right now and survival mode to success mode. Yes. I think that that was a huge change for me mm-hmm. of doing that and, and survival mode, otherwise known as desperation. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Just trying to keep your head above water. <laughs> yes. And then trying to get out of that mode because then of course I know from when I was doing it, everything that I was putting out there just screamed desperate. I mean, it's just not great, which is where you're coming in and telling people, okay, let's go purposely into things. Yeah. I always think about, have you seen that movie Forgetting Sarah Marshall? Oh, it's been a while. Okay. Well, there's a scene that always sticks out in my head because I have this phrase I always feel I'm like, do less. And there's this scene in Forgetting Sarah Marshall where the main guy's character, I can't think of his name, Jason, somebody. Anyway, he has, you know, at the same resort with his ex-girlfriend and he's like, I'm just going to go do me. And he goes and he decides to take surf lessons from this other character who is played by Paul Rudd. And so Paul Rudd is trying to explain to him like how to surf. And he's like, you just got to do less. You just got, you're doing too much, do less. Yes. And that's kind of become like my motto is like, there are 5 million things you could be doing in your business. Mm-hmm. But when you spread yourself so thin, that's when you start to like really have that survival mode panic feeling of like, I can't be doing 500 things at one time and do them all well. And so I'm just doggy paddling as, as hard as I can and never feeling like I'm making progress. So when you, when you start to like pull away and get rid of the things that are just like dead weight or that are not really helping move you forward, you're able to finally kind of like breathe better and like actually make headway in the direction you're trying to go. And that's been like, I'm a very visual person. So in my head, I'm picturing all the things I'm saying out loud right now. And I'm like, that's the feeling I've had in my business where I've been able to shed all the things that are not serving me and I feel lighter and I'm faster and I'm able to really like move the needle forward, move the ship ahead and go in the direction I know that I'm supposed to be going in. Mm -hmm. And so it takes getting rid of all that dead weight first though. It does. And that's a hard change because I mean, I know me being online forever in a day, you've just been taught, well, you need to do this. You need to do that. You need to do that. by all of the experts because they're experts in that topic, mm-hmm. right? Yep. <laughs> and and then you feel like you're supposed to, and then you're like, I don't want to do any of this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like I just quit. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It leads to the burnout and the, and then none of this is fun. I lost my creativity. Why am I doing this? <laughs> yeah. And you lose focus. You forget like what your original goal was. You're like, oh, I've gotten so far off the path. 
mm-hmm. of where I was thought I was supposed to be going. And you're like, wait a minute, which direction am I even going? I call it shiny thing syndrome mm-hmm. because it's so easy to like go on to Facebook or Instagram or wherever platform you're on and, or go to a conference even, oh my gosh, the conferences are even like worse sometimes because oh. it's like a fire hose of people telling you all these different strategies and ideas. But the idea of shiny things is that you go on there and there's all these people kind of like, you know, waving banners at you and waving flyers going, try this and buy into this program. And you need to be doing this and you need to be marketing this way. And you're just kind of like, oh, well, maybe I should be trying all these things. Mm -hmm. And it's really easy to like end up on this way different path than what you thought you were supposed to be on. And then you feel frustrated because nothing's working when really like if you had just stuck to the things that were working in the beginning and just kept going forward ignoring all the shiny things, you would have been a lot further along than you are now. I hope everybody was just listening to that. (laughs) (laughs) Highlight that. And the less is more. And my friends that are Instagram people, (laughs) they already know this. They (laughs) shock and gasp. So I do love the fact that you are an Instagram lady because I am not. That was one of the things that I gave up. I quit trying to force it. So yeah. having you here to talk about it is perfect because I know it works for so many people when it's their yeah. thing. And that's the thing is like, it's not for everybody. And that's totally fine. Like I can come on here and I can give you all of the tips and and things that have worked for me on Instagram. But if it is not something that you are enjoying or not something that feels like it's a good fit for you and your business, then it doesn't need to be something you're focusing on Mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. I know for me, one of the main things was I was just never on Instagram. Yeah. It's, it's not my go-to for like checking in or any of that. So I know that that's a big problem right there, but what kind of tips do you have for all of those people in my community? Instagram is their go-to. They're not getting that information from me. That's for dang sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess technically you are because I just brought you Kendra. So there you, go. <laughs> you bring in the people. You're just the, yes. you're just the connector. I like it. Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, Cause, okay. Cause I won't say that it doesn't work. It's just, yeah. it's not for me at this time. Yeah. Well, like one of my closest friends, she swears by LinkedIn and Uh she's on LinkedIn all the time. And I'm like, I, that's not somewhere. I don't even know my LinkedIn login. Right. (laughs) It's not somewhere that I, and I don't think my audience is there and that's okay. So with Instagram, I'll kind of give just like a quick couple of, of hot tips here. First of all, I would say if it's a place, like you said, like you need to make sure it's a place you are actually consuming and that you're willing to go in and take the time to learn the, the platform. Because you can't just like, if, if I'll use the LinkedIn, I can't just walk into the LinkedIn and be like, I know what to do here when I haven't spent the time understanding the platform. Mm-hmm. So for me, the biggest thing with Instagram is there's all these little, these different features and I call them like neighborhoods. And so you have things like the stories, like your Instagram stories is a neighborhood. It has its own kind of purpose and it has its own viewers, people who come there and they immediately go to watch the stories. And then you have like your feed is a different neighborhood. And then like reels and short form video is a different neighborhood. And then live videos are a different neighborhood. And so you have all these different places. And there's some people who have like subscriptions and all that kind of stuff. Those are different too. Each neighborhood serves a different purpose. So if you are creating content for Instagram, you need to understand the purpose that each neighborhood serves and know what type of content to put into each neighborhood. So quickly, I'll say like, I don't do a ton of lives, so I'm not going to really cover a whole lot of lives there, but essentially lives, obviously just what they say. They're just live video. You hop on, you have a conversation, you bring somebody else on. It makes like immediate connections kind of builds trust. Mm -hmm. 
Stories, for example, stories are meant to build connections with the audience you already have. So you're not going to post your stories with the intention of growing your following. That's not what the stories neighborhood is designed Mm. for. So I think of stories as like, if I were looking at like a map of a neighborhood, it would be like, you know, a square block with like no, no entrance point. (laughs) Or your (laughs) cul-de-sac. Yes. It's like a cul-de-sac. That's perfect. It's a cul-de-sac. It's like, once you're in there, you're going to have parties in the the cul-de-sac, but you're not necessarily doing it so that people driving by, like if my kids were to set up a lemonade stand in a cul-de-sac, it's going to be pretty pointless Mm -hmm. because you're not going to get new customers. Right. (laughs) But if you're setting up a lemonade, you know, if you're in there, just be like, I'm just serving the people around me. I'm not looking to build new customers or new followers. Then that's what stories does. And it's meant to be behind the scenes and get to know you. And that's where they build that trust factor of you're not just this static thing that you they see in your feed, or you're not just the perfect photo that's in your profile image. You're a living person. You stumble over your words and you, and you <laughs> show up with no makeup and all the things. So that's stories. Your feed content, and this is up to date as, as of time of this recording, it could all change tomorrow. Right. <laughs> I always have to give that little like caveat. Again. Like this is all currently how this works. <laughs> so your feed content, that's like your static images, your carousel posts, which are the ones where they swipe through the multiple images or multiple slides. It can also be video content, but a lot of times they're now putting even long form video as a reel. But your feed, to me, that is where you are creating either a portfolio of what you do or you're educating. So Mm -hmm. as a photographer, like I'll use my two separate accounts. As a photographer, I use my feed as a portfolio. Mm -hmm. When someone comes to my feed, they're going to kind of see my images. They're going to see content around what I do and what I can offer to them. How can I serve you as my followers, my audience? On my Girl Means Business page, it's sharing tips and ideas and content pieces and things like that that are going to serve my audience again. And the goal there is you're kind of giving them like the little carrot, you're dangling that carrot and going, hey, if you think this is good, wait till you see what happens when you come and work with me or purchase from me. Mm -hmm. And so you're not giving everything away. You're just kind of giving them the idea of here is why you need me. Here's what I can do for you. And here's like a little quick when now and then, and then your reels, they're short form video. In my opinion, now this is just, again, that little asterisk. This is my version of this. That neighborhood to me is for entertainment value. It is to draw people in to who you are and what your brand is. I have found that the most success that I've had with reels has come from being able to kind of say like very quickly, like, this is the personality you're going to get when you come into my world. This is a little, not even like humorous necessarily, but more like I can share tips. I can share like little, you know, Hey, here's a quick win thing. But what I have discovered with reels is that the shorter the more entertaining and the faster they can consume it, the better. And that's, what's going to help drive more people. It's more like brand awareness. Mm-hmm. It's that, you know, neighborhood where you're like out on the busy street with your sign going, come this way for the car wash. Mm-hmm. You know? like, right. <laughs> that's, that's what reels are. And so those to me are like the neighborhoods where if you're creating content on your stories that should really go onto your reels because you're trying to attract new people, then you're not going to get the results that you really want. So understanding the different content that goes into each neighborhood, I think is really, really helpful. And it helps you to set the right expectations of what you're going to get in return from your audience. 
Yeah, I think that that was easily the oh, best description <laughs> of everything that I've ever heard. Like the the one I could most yeah visualize. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, because I'm I'm seeing. I mean, like you said, the reels. You know, I'm I'm seeing yeah. those as the new YouTube shorts that my husband is constantly yeah. sending me. Right? <laughs> he's like, he's like, look at this dog one. Look at this dog one. <laughs> Enough. But it is. It's making me aware of whatever the. The latest yes. one is that I have to go and subscribe to because they keep putting the quick little reels out or the quick little uh, shorts out. So I love yeah. that description of everything. Can one hundred percent relate to it. Still it's okay. Not gonna get me there, I don't. It's but. okay. You don't. That's the like you were just saying about your husband watching YouTube shorts. I can't tell you that. Like I don't know that I've ever watched YouTube shorts because that's not where my brain goes when I open yeah. my phone to like consume something. I go right. straight to Instagram, and I think it's a lot yes. of it too. Is just platform you're comfortable with. And again, like I said, Mm -hmm. and your audience, you need to have a platform of where your audience is too. You know, my audience are primarily moms who don't have a ton of time. And so like YouTube where it's, I mean, they have the YouTube shorts now, but YouTube is generally long form content. And my audience does not consume long form content. It's why I've even shortened my podcast episodes to 20 minutes or less because, and my downloads Mm -hmm. have gone up because people are like, yes, give us like these short, easy to consume pieces. And to me, Instagram is short, easy, fast, consumable stuff. Whereas like Facebook is meh, it's okay. It has a little bit of both, but to me, YouTube is not quick and easy consumable. No, I I agree. And my brain's kind of going through, okay, how can I do this neighborhoods idea for, because I am more Facebook for that. Like, how can I associate what you just said for yeah. Instagram over there. I mean, all of the platforms are doing yep. similar things. So, so yeah, I'll be re-listening to this and mapping nice. that, I think, in my own head of, okay, where is all of this to do what I want it to do, which is the mm-hmm. main thing about social media, right? It's it's there for us to use as a yep. tool, but we have to And like to I said, you have to manage your expectations too. You know, I think there's a lot of people who go into mm-hmm. social media and I saw this a ton on Instagram, especially when Reels first came out and you had these people who were just jumping on the bandwagon and they were seeing this insane growth of like tens of thousands of followers in a month or, you know, a hundred thousand followers in six weeks or something crazy because they were jumping on this thing that was new. And so then they were the the people that mm-hmm. you saw all the time because they were everywhere. And I think of this one girl in particular, mm-hmm. she's from Australia and she created a whole course and like her entire platform on Instagram was about Instagram reels. And she just like, I mean, blew up and was everywhere. Like I couldn't scroll more than 10 scrolls on a reel and not see one of hers pop up. And so in my mind, I was like, oh, this is the type of growth you're supposed to see. Why am I not seeing that? When in reality, that's like 0.01% of the people on social media that are growing like Mm -hmm. that. And so it's the expectation of well, I should get on this platform and within weeks I should have thousands of followers. That's not realistic. And just like if you're going into Instagram Mm -hmm. or any platform and saying, I'm going to post this one thing and everybody's going to see it. Everybody's going to be excited about it. Everybody's going to click on it and buy into it or sign up for it or whatever it is you're wanting them to do with it. That's not a realistic expectation too. So I think the idea of 
kind of really cleaning the slate and going, okay, what are some realistic expectations of our social media? Because we've spent a lot of time living in the not realistic expectations and becoming disappointed. How can we set ourselves up for success and not for failure going into this platform? Mm-hmm. Yep. And when I finally got in the habit a couple of years ago of, I guess it might've been over three years ago now of every month tracking all yeah. of my stats, that really helped me because I mean, the main reason Instagram doesn't work mm-hmm. is because I don't care for it. Just point blank. I'm like, why do I keep trying to push this? But even on the months that I was really like, <laughs> okay, I'm diving in deep. I'm going to do this because it's working for everyone. And I would track my stats yeah. and get like five. <laughs> five people back to my website. I'm like, okay, I really did give it, uh, say a half-assed go. I'm not going to say that I was all in, but tracking my stats was just like, okay, this is where I'm getting what I want. I think that's so important. I, and I think so why like, don't I focus more on that, that goes back to what I was saying about the expectations thing too. It's like, yeah, I have clients all the time that are like, mm-hmm. I've tried this and it didn't work for me. And I'm like, okay, well let me see the numbers. And I'm not a numbers person. Like my husband is the numbers person. I am yeah. the lead with my heart person, but I've learned to become a numbers person. Yeah. And I did the same thing. I had a, a Google spreadsheet that last year at the end of every month, I would go in and put it, I would yep. track all these key data points. And I could go back and I could see like, oh, okay, there were certain months when my you know reach was really high or my engagement was really high. And I could go back and really see like, what type of content was I posting that allowed the, the reach to be so high? Or, you know, oh, I really mm-hmm. grew in followers this month, even though my reach was really low, like what caused that? And like, there's all these little data points. And then you can also go and say, oh, I really am making progress. Because I think that's where a lot of us get stuck is like, I think about with my photography business, it was easy for me to go back to like year two and look at the photos I had taken because I had visual evidence of how sucky I was. (laughs) And Uh (laughs) versus like year eight. And you're like, oh, wow. Okay. I really have made progress. It doesn't feel like it because it's going at a snail's pace, but I really have made progress. With social media, we don't always have that because there's no, I mean, unless you scroll really far back Uh and see how like crappy your content used to be. But even then you're like, well, but you know, I don't know, maybe it was okay. So tracking those data points and like being able to really see like, oh, wow, I really am making progress that can help you be like, okay, this is not all for nothing. It's actually making some kind of difference here. Yes. And when you are tracking it and you know what's working, then it's exciting yes. to watch the numbers grow on what's working because usually yes. the bank account does well. Well, and that's my well. whole idea of like do less is like <laughs> if I'm going on Instagram and I'm posting a, you know five stories a day, a carousel post and a reel every day. And the only thing that's actually moving the needle forward are my stories. That's the only thing people are really engaging with. Then why would I spend all this time creating reels when that's not doing yes. anything for me. So, Absolutely. Because yeah. Abs- yes. that's where the burnout so and the frustration knowing, happens is creating exactly. stuff that's knowing not Knowing what dead weight you can let go of. And I'm not saying like get rid of it forever. You might come back mm-hmm. to it at some point and be like, I don't know, that might be a fun thing to try now that things have kind of mm-hmm. leveled out in this other area or taken a dip in this other area. But at the time, especially if you are, I mean, again, I work with a lot of moms who are like, I don't have time. <laughs> None of us have time. It's not like you're just going, hey, with that extra yeah. five hours you have in your day, let's add in a bunch more content you can create. 
Nobody is saying that. Right. And, yes. and edit it and do this and do that. It's yeah. like, oh, if you yeah, if you're able to say no. that, call me because I need I have questions for you. <laughs> and and we're right. Um, <laughs> but you know, I tell people all the time, I'm like, I just need you to work smarter. I know there's that over, you know, overkilled phrase of like work smarter, not harder, but that generally it makes sense. Like, I just mm-hmm. need you to really understand what you need to focus on right now in this moment and let everything else go. And I'm not saying again, like you can't come around to it at some point, other point, but you have to focus on one or maybe two things at a time and get those really working mm-hmm. for your business. And then you can add something else in. But if you're trying to add in 10 things at one yep. time, you're going to overwhelm yourself and you're going to be like doggy paddling the heck out of the whole thing. Yeah. Ideal in the 90 day Oh yeah. 90 day concept where you have one main thing that you're working towards and mm-hmm. it comes with the stats because I mean, how many times did I'm like, I'm going all in on Instagram and I go in for a week. Yeah. You can't get stats from that. Yeah, right? People give up way too soon. <laughs> so knowing that you're committed yeah. and you're going to do it for three months. Because I see the that only way all to get numbers. the time with my clients who have come to me and they're like, and I, cause I always lead with two things. Like what social platform are you on? And are you doing email marketing? And they'll always come back. Well, I've tried email marketing. Mm-hmm. It just didn't work for me. And I'll say, okay, let's look at what that means. <laughs> what do you mean? It didn't work for you. And they're like, well, I sent one email yeah. and only my mom and two friends opened it. Okay. Well, <laughs> and then they gave up and I'm like, that's not really trying email marketing. That's like looking at the email marketing stream and going, I'm going to stick like a little tiny stick in it and hope it works. And then be like, Nope, it didn't work. <laughs> but you got to like yeah. wade into the waters a little bit. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Cause email marketing easily yes. for me is the number 100%. one. I agree. agree. It is. Yeah. It's not the shiny, fun, sexy yeah. thing. Definitely but it's the rock solid thing that's always working in my business. Yep. See, I'm a nerd in a different direction. So for me, the email marketing is the bright shine (laughs) (laughs) thing for me. It's funny because like (laughs) total, total change over. Think like, oh, well, email marketing doesn't give you that instant gratification. Like social media does, you know, you post something and like you, within an hour, you can see like likes and comments and all that kind of stuff. But I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, it's not as instant gratification. Well, then I started like, two or three years ago, really devoting a bunch of time to email marketing. I was like, oh, it kind of is instant gratification because it's different. Yeah. When I send out an email, was just getting ready to launch something new here recently. And I sent out an email about signing up for like being part of the launch team. And I posted it on Instagram. I posted it in my stories. I posted it on my feed. And then I also sent out an email and I got such a higher response from email. I mean, I, it was like not even comparison, yeah. like social media, I think I had one or two people click the link. And then my email, I had like a 65% open rate and like 12% click rate or something crazy. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah. (laughs) And the change really happened for email for me was when I started telling even more stories, like just bringing me totally into it and asking questions often. So I will get much more engagement out of my email with a reply than I ever get on any of the Facebook or any of that now. Granted, because I'm much more in my email. 
than I am on the platforms right right this minute. And yeah, I, yeah, we can't go down that rabbit trail, I'm sure. Because yeah, and we just had a bunch of podcasts. So everyone, I'll link to those where we were talking about them because I just did the ginormous oh, yeah. scrape of my email list, which was scary. Wow. I dumped almost a thousand people off my list. But my engagement now is so exciting. And like you said, I can go into my contacts and see what people are opening. I'm like, oh my God, they do love me. You know? <laughs> Well, there's such a, there's a different, there's a stronger connection than you're ever going to get on social media. I mean, I could go into all the ways that email is better than social media because I agree too, but I also am a pretty big believer in like, they work really well in tandem together because that's how I get people Mm -hmm. on my email list is through Mm -hmm. social media. And that goes back to my idea of the expectations. Like when I'm posting on social media, my expectation is not that someone's going to buy from me or work with me or that they're even going to like message me and like ask all these questions. My expectation is I'm going to post this content Mm -hmm. and get you on my email list. That is my ultimate goal. That's it. And then from there, I can nurture that relationship and sell to them and all the things. But if I were to go onto social media and hope that every time I post somebody bought something from me or or tried to work with me, I'd be completely disappointed every single time. But because I've changed my expectations, it's like night and day. Like I go on there now and feel way more comfortable and confident with what I'm doing because A, I know what my expectation is in there. And B, I know that it's not my end all be all. I don't have all of my eggs in the social media basket. You know, I have them in my, that funnel system of like, get them on my email list, nurture the email list, and then, you know, get them into purchasing or working with me. And it gives me a lot more freedom to play around with social media and not feel like that it has to be this like end all be all thing for my business. Oh, if this post doesn't do well, mm-hmm. what am I going to do? Well, it doesn't matter. I move on to the next one and it's totally fine. Yeah. I'm realizing that that's the second reason why Instagram has never worked for me is the expectations were not yeah. appropriate. So everybody pay attention because that's all all social media. (laughs) It's like my expectations were really, well, everybody's making money from it. And that shouldn't have been the expectation. It should have been to bring them in closer. That's the expectation. Excellent. Different mindset changes. I've already just had you guys. (laughs) So hopefully you guys have as well. And especially if you're into Instagram, you know, I do want to follow you. you. I do follow people. So get on there and follow both of us. And, you know, I'm following, I believe I'm following Kendra. I'm going to go double check, but I love the tips. I love the the transition, um, the mapping that you did. So there's the the visual. Nice job. Can't tell you're a teacher at <laughs> It's all. ingrained in me um, so far. Yeah. Like <laughs> I had someone is. the other day that was laughing at me because <laughs> she was like, you do realize that every time I talk to you and she's, she's not a client of mine. We're just friends. Like we're business besties. And she's like, you realize every time I talk to you, like you're giving me homework assignments. I'm like, I can't help it. It's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's like, we'll try this, 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 and this and get back to me. <laughs> Report back in a week. And then let we'll me check know. in, I'll right? give you a gold star if you do well. <laughs> Right. Awesome. 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 Kendra, is there any like last tip that you want to get out there to them? Yeah, I, think, I mean, ultimately just find what brings you joy because if you're not enjoying the process of what you're doing, then I think it's a good time to kind of evaluate what it is that's bringing you joy. And I do this regularly. I kind of do like a self check-in where I go, am I still enjoying this? And what, you know, like, is it something that either need to, if I'm not enjoying it, how can I make it enjoyable or do I need to let it go? And so just having that 
check in from time to time, because sometimes things will start as something that's really joyful and fun. And then over time, you're like, oh, this really isn't serving me anymore. And it's not making me happy. And maybe it's that you need to change things up or change the platform or, you know, just take a break for a while, but just create a system where you check in with yourself on a regular basis so that you can you know, make sure you're holding on to the things that you need to hold on to and you're letting go of the things that you can let go of so that you're not pulling yourself down any more than you need to. That is a beautiful way to end this because yes, I agree wholeheartedly. I'm not going to talk more on it and ruin that <laughs> ending um, <laughs> as I obviously just could because yep, yep, we're podcasters, right? So we could just talk. We just talk, 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 talk. So thank you for being here, Kendra. I appreciate the heck out of this conversation and you bringing a ton of ton of knowledge well, to my thank you for having me. This was really that, fun. I mean, just, yeah, just changing. Good, good, good. All right, perfect. Thank you for being here, Kendra. And everyone, we're going to have all of her information because I am sure that you just connected with her and you're going to want more from Kendra. So all the information will be in the show notes and you can go and follow her right away. 